The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is our live reaction to Game 2 of the Wild Card Series with the New York Mets and the San Diego Padres. And the New York Mets live to die another day. There will be a Game 3 on Sunday night, a highly anticipated Game 3, I am sure, on Sunday night. And the Mets, listen, they find a way to win this ballgame. We know what the number one topic of conversation is going to be. It is the way Buck Showalter handled the final couple of innings of this game. And before we get to the 45-minute layoff for Edwin Diaz, whether or not he should have pitched the eighth inning, whatever you want to say, my biggest critique, hands down, and I felt this while watching the game with our pal, our buddy, the great Tommy Lugauer, Jacob DeGrom has got to start the seventh inning. And I'm not even saying that Jake is going to get through the entire seventh inning. And I saw Edwin Diaz warming up. I see the pep talk with Buck Showalter and Jacob DeGrom. Can Jake fight him a little bit and go and pitch that seventh inning? At least get you a batter or two for maybe the possibility that he could get through the seventh inning. What's that's not an option? Buck, knowing who was coming up in the order, Grisham, who had great success against DeGrom, I'm sure he weighed that. Soto, Machado, they were there waiting for you. Diaz does the job. You're thrilled about the fact that the Mets go and score a bunch of runs and the pitcher for the San Diego Padres, I, I mean, basically took 10 zillion hours to throw the baseball. But it put you in this predicament where you're up five runs and you're wondering, all right, what am I going to do for the eighth inning? They go to Diaz. You're nervous now, clearly about how tomorrow is going to play out. Sitting around for 45 minutes, going back out, getting a batter out or two. Here's the biggest issue. 
And this is why Buck exactly decided to go and say, you know what? I got to try and get more outs out of Edwin Diaz. He doesn't trust anybody else in that bullpen. I mean, did you see what Adam Adovino did in the top half of the ninth inning? Adam Adovino had no idea where the ball was going. I mean, he's up five runs. He's walking in runs. He's hitting guys, for goodness sakes. Brutal performance. Now, Lugo cleaned it up. Lugo got a very dangerous hitter in Josh Bell. But I think Buck basically told you all he needed to know in an elimination game. He didn't trust anybody else. He didn't trust anybody else. So he wanted to extend Diaz as much as he could. His post-game presser and some of the things he's going to have to say, I think, are going to be very, very fascinating. We will update you as soon as I see some Buck show off the quotes, and we'll take them from there. But I now got to wonder about Diaz tomorrow and what kind of shape he's going to be in. And I know what a lot of people brought up. I saw it myself. Aroldis Chapman and Joe Madden in the 2016 World Series, where did you really need to force the issue at that point? Buck Showalter is probably going to tell you, yes, it's an elimination game. What happens if you go and yank him after the seventh and Adovino and Lugo end up blowing the game? He's never going to hear the end of it. I'm sure that's in the back of his mind. It was a weird, tough predicament, but a 45-minute delay and what you have outside of Diaz in that bullpen scares you. Now, positives. I know I'm killing DeGrom for not pitching the seventh inning or at least starting it. DeGrom did his job tonight. It was not an A-plus DeGrom start. The Mets gave him two leads. He surrendered two leads. But the biggest pitches in the game, and it's not even close, the pitches to Manny Machado with second and third after Profar gets the hit, after Soto gets the hit, after the Padres go and tie the game, for him to buckle down and get out of that inning unscathed, that's big boy stuff. To throw up a zero after the Alonzo homer is big boy stuff. I wanted him out there for the seventh inning. It's probably a good B-plus start from Jacob DeGrom. It's not his best, but exactly what was needed. Now, you want more positives from a Mets standpoint? I got more positives for you. The offense finally showed up. It showed up more ways than one. Lindor gets you going with a home run. Alonzo, when this game is tied, boom, hits the home run to give you the lead. What did we say about Lindor and Alonzo? They have to hit if this is a team that's going to go deep in the postseason. This team that's just going to get out of the San Diego series, for goodness sakes, they have to hit. They did that tonight. Nimmo was fantastic. I mean, Nimmo's at-bats against Blake Snell the entire night were unbelievable. He's spraying the ball the opposite way. He's getting on base. He's making things happen. That's the Brandon Nimmo we saw throughout the regular season. And then, of course, McNeil with the game. I don't want to say deciding hit because that's probably unfair. The insurance hit. You guys like that a little bit more? I like that a little bit more. The big-time insurance hit where you needed somebody to basically clear him, and he did exactly that. So we got a game three tomorrow night. We'll get into Chris Bassett and Joe Musgrove in a little bit. We'll get into the bullpen management, which I'm sure is going to be a big topic of conversation. To me, when it comes down to the bullpen, the biggest issue more than anything else, Jacob DeGrom's got to start that seventh inning. And I'd be a little bit worried about what my bullpen is going to look like tomorrow night. All right, calls right out of the gate. Let's lead it off with my main man, the great Kenny in Staten Island, New York, starts us up. Kenny in a leadoff spot. How we doing, baby? Pretty good, JJ. Pretty good. Just uh, on my way home from the game. A little nerve-wracking it uh, until the ground cleared up that mess. He should have came out for the seventh inning, knowing that the bullpen is short. 
Uh, Adovino gave us a scare. Uh, like you said, the hitting finally came around. It was good to see Pete get off the schneid. Lindor set the tone with that home run. Tomorrow night, I got a strange feeling. Uh, it's his throwing day. If they need him for one inning or maybe even one at bat, you might see Scherzer in the game if they need him. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Listen, we saw Scherzer last year. Game five against the San Francisco Giants. He closed out the game. The only guy, Kenny, who should be unavailable for the New York Mets tomorrow is Jacob DeGrom. It's as simple as that. He's the only guy who shouldn't pitch for the New York Mets. Other than that, everybody else needs to be available. And the back quality that I saw tonight against Snell and up and down the lineup, Kenny, you're going to need that tomorrow if we're talking about the Dodgers and the Mets come Tuesday. High pitch count. That's what they did. Finally, that was Met baseball when they were going good getting these pitch counts up high. And uh, tomorrow night, yeah, the Padres, the back end of their bullpen favors them with Hader, but the Mets got to jump out. Just jump out to a lead and just just keep throwing the arms out there. You, you, uh, I think they, they put uh, Walker back uh, for, for Jolie Rodriguez so Tajan could stretch out with the innings. It's, it's going to be a battle tomorrow night. JJ, I'm doing the doubleheader tomorrow. Well, Kenny, listen, it works out for you. I mean, you should thank your lucky stars Seattle and the Philadelphia Phillies took care of business because 1 to 4.30, MetLife Stadium, the city field, that would have been problematic, dude. 1 to 7 o'clock, that is a very favorable double dip for the Met and Jet fan who wants to make that happen. And it's happening. I'm doing it. Well, Kenny, listen, I wish you luck in one of the games. You know I'm not wishing you luck in both of the games, bro. And you know I love you. I can't do that. Hey, maybe i see you tomorrow at the tailgate. Yes, I would love to see you. Listen, I'm going to be running around like a madman. I got to do place your bets at 1130, but we will be at MetLife Stadium. I'm doing a TV show from there, watching Jet Dolphin. Then all of a sudden, I'm going to get in the car, boom. Red Zone, basically streaming in my car speakers. Get home, and then Mets baseball at night with Cincy and Baltimore on the second TV. Not too shabby. Met lineup was terrific tonight. We wanted this Met lineup to show up. They answered the bell. Nimmo, Alonzo. Lindor, McNeil, at back quality, up and down the lineup, much, much better. This guy was down and out yesterday. He's back, and I'm sure he's back with a vengeance. The great Hector in Washington Heights. Hello, Hector. Hey, Jay, what is going on, brother? Hector, much better spirits for you than it was 24 hours ago. Just saying, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. I was, I was back in the building today going nuts in there. Hanging out with our big zoo and a, and a couple of other guys. I saw the picture with you and Lakata and Dougie from Long Island. That's a nice crew and big zoo. Those are my guys. You know that. Yeah, we were in there going nuts. Lakata joined us a little late. He was a little late to the party, but he was there nonetheless. Hey, better late than never, right? Better late than never. For sure, for sure, for sure. But, man, listen, great game. And, and, I, and I told Doug, as, as you know, the, they tied the game. And P was leading off that inning. I said, you know what? We need P to go deep right here. We need P to fucking get this lead right back. And let's go. And he did that. It's just phenomenal. But I got to say, JJ, I was uncomfortable with that whole Diaz. I think everybody was. How could you not be, Hector? And it was a weird situation. Because my initial thought is, Jake's got to start the seventh inning. You didn't see it because you are at the game. They showed the Buck Showalter-Jake interaction. Then you see the hugs and the high fives all over the place, and you're like, well, shit, Jake's not pitching the seventh inning. He's done. Is he going to try and steal outs? What is he going to do? 
I don't think Buck in a one-run game wanted to go to anyone other than Edwin Diaz knowing who was up for San Diego. Grisham, who's been hot so far in this series. Profar, who's been hot. Soto, who's been hot. Diaz did the job. You never in a million years have to think you're going to have a 45-minute inning, but that's exactly what happened. And look, Diaz was fine when he came out after the fact, but now there is a serious question to what Edwin Diaz is going to look like tomorrow. We know he's pitching if they have a lead. He's going to be out there in an elimination game. But what will Edwin Diaz look like after going two innings and sitting around for 45 minutes? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, that, that's that's a big issue. Um, you know, listen, I didn't have a problem if he came in in the ninth, if he came in, for, I mean, in the eighth for a five, six-hour save. I just, I'll be honest with you, JJ, I have a problem with having anyone but him in the ninth inning. And I understand the whole strategy. You don't want to not use your closer. And if the big guys are coming up in the seventh inning or whatever, you want to go there. I just, I still feel like not everyone can get those last three outs in the ninth inning. And we saw today, even with a five-run lead. Well, and that's where, and that's where the vindication for Buck Showalter comes into play, Hector, because you saw it. He goes to Adovino in a five-run lead. The guy's making you sweat. He's walking the ballpark. He's walking in a run. I mean, he's got to go to Lugo there in that situation. Buck basically told you without telling you, he doesn't trust the other guys in that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be honest, it's not like I trust him either. That's why I told you last night, I was hoping I could go eight from Jake and right to Diaz, and I didn't get that. But I'm not a big Adovino fan, but throughout the year, he kind of bought a little bit of my trust. But today, after that performance tonight, I don't, I don't know if I can trust him. Well, and Hector, listen, he's another guy now. I know it's back-to-back days. I know it's an elimination game. He's going to be able to pitch. I, no, he'll be able to pitch tomorrow, but what is he going to look like? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea, Hector. And you can't now assume that Bassett is going to go and give you seven or eight innings in this game. You just can't. If you get six strong innings out of Chris Bassett tomorrow, you have to sign for a Hector. You have to sign. No, absolutely, JJ. And you're right. We can't assume that. But you know what? We've seen stranger things happen. And he'll be the guy that come out tomorrow and give us eight. Forget six, seven innings. He'll give us eight innings of fucking one-run ball. And I'll take it. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Well, listen, Hector. I, I understand that after after Friday night, I the, the offense finally showed up. But look, you got to go and bring this home. You got to get to the Dodgers, as far as I'm concerned. Appreciate the call, as always. You got to get to the Los Angeles Dodgers. You're at home, winner take all, go win a game. Don't let this Edwin Diaz move now define this series. And you know it's going to be something that is analyzed, that is scrutinized every which way the minute he comes into the game. How about the Grom admitting, basically, admitting that it crossed his mind that tonight could be his last start as a New York man? That quote right there, and I don't want to get nuts because tonight is not the night to be speculating about futures and the offseason and everything that comes with it. That suspicion I've had for a while that Jacob DeGrom might not be back here next year, that only intensifies after a quote like that. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Like, I hear a quote like that, and yeah, that that raises the eyebrow a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, Let's head to Aaron, who's up next. What's up, Aaron? How we doing? All right, so you just mentioned the DeGrom thing where as someone that appreciates candidness, it does seem a little, like, not cool to bring it up at a high-tension game like tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's being candid, but like, if I'm a Met fan, I don't want to hear about what your future is looking like next year. And the reporters didn't do anything wrong. They're asking the question. They're doing their job. Um, I don't want to hear about it, though. I just don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love that candidness, but like, tonight's not the time, man. Like, some judgment would be great. <laughs> um, and the the other thing I was wondering is like, if if you feel the same thing, or is it my own Met cynicism in that like? Grom pitched a good game, but am I being um, like didn't seem up to what we come to expect from him? Or as well, I mean, listen, the standard. Let's be honest, Aaron. The standard for Jacob Degrom starts is very, very, very high. It just is, and. Jake gave back two leads tonight. Now he buckled down when he needed to make big pitches to Machado in a couple of different instances to Bell. He'll take six innings of two runs with a lead and a win. That's a good start. I do wonder, though, his inability to go and pitch the seventh inning and everything that led to what you saw with the bullpen management, what that means for tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow. But that's a question. Like, you, you can't overlook that. And if Edwin Diaz blows the save tomorrow, a lot of people are going to be second-guessing Buck Showalter. I can tell you that right now. That will be a classic second-guess that he hears a lot about. But Buck, he doesn't trust his relievers. He told you all you needed to know. He doesn't trust his other relievers. He can say whatever he wants. He doesn't trust them. Let's say to Sean, who joins us next. Sean, the floor is yours. What's up, buddy? JJ, you got me? Yes, sir. What's happening, brother? Hey, man. Sean, how are you doing, man? My man, Sean. All's good, bro. What's doing? Good, good. Just listen, JJ. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but last night, man, the Yankee fan coming on first after the Met reaction killed me. I can understand that. Listen, sometimes I don't know where I'm going, to be honest with you. You, you know, I, I don't have the opportunity to see Yankee fan, Met fan, Met fan, Yankee fan. And trust me, even as someone who roots for the New York Yankees, I was not trying to tee it up that way. You know what I mean? I really wasn't. Like, there are times where I'm looking to poke the bear. That was not an instant show where I was looking to poke the bear. I hear you, kid. Listen, luckily, way better mood tonight. And as you said yesterday, Lindor, Alonzo, please show up. And good God, they show up tonight. I'm so proud of my voice. You know, Lindor, Alonzo, DeGrom, you know, as you said, expectations are very high, but he did the job. Diaz, whatever Buck is doing, I'm going to trust in him blindly, but just glad to get the Sunday night, you know? You should be thrilled. Your offense showed up. You answered the bell after the Padres responded a couple of different times. You looked like the team we saw for a good majority of this year. The only concern I would have after this one, Sean, is what is the state of your bullpen going to look like in tomorrow night's game? And I don't have the slightest idea, dude. I have no clue. Yes. Uh, I'm not overly confident, Sean. I'm not going to lie. I picked the Mets to win this series in three out of the gate. I liked the Padres in game one. I had a feeling the Mets would respond tonight. I have not taken a look at the opening line yet. I told you if it was around 180, 190, I thought the Mets were in good shape. I'd say tomorrow's line with Bassett and Musgrove, I'm going to say the Mets are favored. 150. 
150, 160. I'm sure our guy Jeff Money will be all over it. Uh, I'm waiting to hear some buck quotes. As soon as I get them, guys, I'll let you know. Let's head to the great Jeff Money. His team lives to die another day. What's up, Money? I was at, by the way, I saw the line. 125, I saw it. Wow, that's low. See, uh, Money, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I just said I like the Mets. That line scares the crap out of me, dude. Isn't that line low? It's low, but you still got to go with them. I understand what Buck's decision with Diaz in it, but you know what? You got to feel like there might not be no tomorrow, so it is what it is. Yeah, especially, Jeff Money, when Adovino pushed it through what he pushed it through in the ninth inning. That's the thing. It's not like the Met bullpen came in, shut the door, and made it easy where you say, wow, these guys did such wonderful, wonderful work. I mean, Adovino threw 30-plus pitches. You sent the time run at a plate. You're on pins and needles there in the ninth inning, for goodness sakes. My biggest issue, though, money, not even the bullpen management. DeGrom's got to start that seventh inning. Let DeGrom start that inning, give up a base runner, and get into trouble. He did not want – you know why he did that, though, money? He did not want DeGrom to face Grisham again. He didn't want to do it because Grisham had his number. He had a home run. DeGrom didn't want to pitch to him the second time out. And I think that was in the back of Buck Showalter's mind. I don't want this guy to beat me. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're probably right. I mean, a little bit tight. Call. You thought it was kind of tight calls on the third call strikes where they gave balls to. It was close there. It was a very, very tight zone from Guccione all night. All night, that was the deal. And let's be fair on this, Jeff Money. It was a very fair and consistent strike zone for both teams, was it not? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I can't complain about it. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I wasn't lying. When, when Bell came up there with the base of load in the back of my head, I said, I hope this guy's not going to hit a grand slam. I mean. Well, how could that thought not be going through your mind? When you're walking in a run and you got to take out a Vino out of the game and you know Edwin Diaz is not there to back him up, we will find out tomorrow what the state of the Met bullpen looks like. But if Diaz, you know this, Jeff Money, if he blows the game tomorrow, this is all everybody is going to be talking about. You know it and I know it. Whether it's fair, whether it's unfair, whatever the case may be, that is going to be the talking point around town. Edwin Diaz sitting around for 45 minutes and having a hangover the next day. Yeah, true. But you know, I guess he was thinking like we were talking about before that, you know, he's thinking like there might not be a tomorrow. So, you know, like you said, he didn't trust the bullpen, which I agree with. And listen, it was a weird spot, Jeff Money. Let's be honest. It's very rare that you have a situation where you're sitting around for 45 minutes. That does not happen often. You don't want to be Monday morning quarterback. I mean, look what went on today. Like the Cardinals, would you ever think the Cardinals would lose both games at home to the Phillies? The same thing with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays losing uh, at home. And how about the story of the Mariners? Listen, the Phillies give them credit. Harper with the big home run. Nolan Wheeler were great. Goldschmidt and Arenado did absolutely nothing in the series. The Phillies, to me, are playing with house money the rest of the postseason. They're going to have a hard time with the Braves. We know that. The Mariners look spunky, though, man. That lineup is deep. Castillo is pitching great. They got flamethrowers in the bullpen. We're, we're thinking of George Springer. That was a scary, scary collision with Bo Bichette. You hope everything's all right there. Um, I think Seattle's going to give Houston a run for their money. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to be in that series, dude. I really do. And I think Yankees caught a little bit, but I'm sure you're definitely rather play Cleveland over Tampa Bay any day. I would because of the divisional history. And the Yankee poor history at Tropicana Field. Um, Cleveland Spunky, they got good pitching. They got a Hall of Fame manager. But outside of Jose Ramirez, I'm sorry, they got nobody in that lineup that scares me. Nobody. They'll be fun. Like, listen, look forward to tomorrow. Hey, I like it that it's at 7 o'clock and I can concentrate on the football for the, you know. Oh, thank God, Jeff Bunny. You know, I was talking about that earlier in the day. A 4 o'clock game tomorrow would have been a disaster. 
it would have been a disaster. Now, we would have been into it, but it would have allowed us all sorts of chaos and uneasiness with football and baseball and all this stuff going on. Now it's very simple. We dial in, 9.30, we got the Giants. 1 o'clock, the Jets and the Dolphins and all the 1 o'clock games. 4 o'clock, your Cowboys and the Rams. You know we're heads up. We're not heads up. I realize you're on the Rams on that game. You know, that, that's great. Well, we'll be talking about that, I guess, sure, at 12 o'clock tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we're both. That both our favorite games, which were both three and one, are with the Rams. Yeah, I love the Rams tomorrow, and I know you're a Cowboy guy. Brutal, brutal spot for them. But then we close out the night. I mean, the Mets playing an elimination game. Fantastic. Good call as always, Jeff Money. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's head to Lee, who joins us. What's up, Lee? How we doing? Oh, uh, hell of a lot better than yesterday. Uh, you and a lot of my fans. I understand that. whole lot of Mets fans are feeling a lot better today. That I know. Look, tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. I don't want to... Is it? I don't know if it's going to be a lot of fun for you. I think it's going to be a lot of stress, but that's okay. I'm hoping it's going to, you know what? It's going to be a lot of both. All right, man. Like at the end of the day, it's going to be crazy stressful, but it's going to, this is what you watch all 162 games for, right? It's for moments like tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn. Let's be honestly, you're going to learn a lot about you young players. You're going to learn a lot about Chris Bassett. This is the biggest game he's ever pitched in his life. An elimination game. There's no fallback of a Jacob DeGrom. You have a maligned bullpen because of the way they were used tonight. You really need Bassett to come up big in this game. But, yeah, you're going to learn a lot about this team, no doubt. Yeah, but me, I, to me, I don't think you need six, seven innings. I think you need him to be strong and then get him out when you can. And if you have to go to Walker for a couple innings, you go to Walker for a couple innings, you patch it together and do whatever you need to do to get the win. And that's what that's why I have no problems with any bullpen management today because that's what they needed to do. It's all hands on deck. Anyone's going to have the opportunity to throw and 
that's, you know, like like anything else, you never know what's going to happen in a in a deciding game like this. So it seems like it seems like a lot of Mets fans on board with the way Buck Showalter handled this. My only critique, Lee, why can't DeGrom start that seventh inning? Why not? <clears throat> I, I I agree because he was so smooth in the sixth. I thought I thought he was going to come out. And- See, that's my thing, Lee. If he had labored, right, the way he was laboring in the fourth and the way he was laboring in the fifth, you know what I'd say? Nah, he's done after six. But he had such an easy sixth inning. I would have let him start that seventh. Who knows? Now, if he gives up a base runner, you're probably yanking him out of the game at that point anyway. But what if he goes and throws your one, two, three inning? Then maybe it sets up Diaz to just close out the game for all we know. Or maybe you go to somebody else. You know, you don't know how necessarily it plays out. In fact, if the Mets have a five-run lead in the eighth inning, there's no way in the world Buck is going to end with Diaz. No way. A hundred percent. But you know what? To me, it doesn't matter. You won the game. I get that. Now, Lee, you know this stuff. You know this. If Diaz stinks tomorrow, for whatever the reason, Buck's never living this down. You know it and I know it. He is never living this down. If Diaz blows the game. Now, if Diaz is great, then this is a decision that will be forgotten about. Um, and in some ways, it reminds me a little bit, a little bit, of what Joe Madden did with a world this Chapman a few years ago in the World Series, where it was an elimination game for his team, but they had a big lead. They could have managed it differently. They brought in Chapman way prematurely. Like, I actually think it was way worse what Joe Mann did than Buck Showalter tonight, in my opinion, because the game was way closer when Edwin Diaz came in as opposed to Chapman coming in. I think it was like a five- or six-run game for the Cubs, give or take. But you saw Chapman the next night. He had nothing. And if the Cubs lost that World Series, Joe Madden would have been the biggest goat in Chicago. They didn't lose. So it's forgotten about. We'll see how this plays out tomorrow. It's fascinating. It's very fascinating. It's fascinating. You know what? It's exciting. And I hear what you're saying, but you also have to take into effect that Diaz has not thrown maybe, what, six innings the entire month of September? He really has had absolutely no work, so the stress on his arms should be minimal. It's not that he was put into high pressure situations all last month. They were either getting blown out or they were blowing people out. So he hasn't had a tremendous amount of work. So, you know, if, if he blows it, you know, Buck may not hit the end of it, but it's really on Diaz because it's not like he's coming in where he's already been crazy stressed during a, during a stretch, during a pennant race. He really was not used last month at all. So No, you're right about that, Lee. And listen, you hope from a Mets standpoint, Edwin Diaz is good to go. And if you need five or six outs some more, he can give you that. He's got to be able to give me six outs some more. Like, I am pushing him thinking about this game tomorrow for six outs. How can you not be? Jeremy joins us. What's happening, Jeremy? Hey, JJ. Hope you're doing well. Jeremy, I'm doing well. What's up, Bobby? I want to shout out my guy, Jeff McNeil. Great hit. Really the game changer. Well, I mean, that put it out of reach. Uh, I would say Alonzo's homer was bigger because you were reeling and you needed to regain the momentum and Alonzo allowed you to regain the momentum. McNeil's hit allowed you to relax a little bit, though. I mean, two gigantic hits, no doubt. McNeil's been hitting all year. McNeil's been hitting in the month of September. Getting Alonzo and Lindor going in this game, to me, is a bigger deal, though. Because McNeil has been hitting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I want to say, you you said uh, you don't like the time of the game during football. I'm uh, I'm an Orthodox Jew, so we have a holiday tomorrow. I can't use my phone past, like, 6.30. 
So I'm not gonna be able to watch it, and then I have to look at the newspaper on Monday. Which wow, that's that's listen, that's dedication right there, Jeremy. So what will the move be for you tomorrow? So you dial out at six thirty or seven thirty? Six thirty. Six thirty, and thankfully you will not be on a phone. You're not gonna know what happens in the game, right? Until Monday morning, you get Newsday. You look at the headline when you see that. Oh man, that's now. Is there a way for you, Jeremy, to maybe? Find out what goes on in the game. You don't have time to rewatch it, do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a two-day holiday. So it ends Tuesday. Ah, okay. So news. Hey, Jeremy, listen. Enjoy the holiday. Safe. Uh, and we'll see if you're talking about a Met series win or you're talking about a Met season coming to a close. We'll have you covered any which way, though, Jeremy. You know, we got you there. Good call, Jeremy. Go walk, enjoy the holiday. That's that's uh, that's dedication right there. That's dedication right there. Gonna find out one way or another. All right, let's try this again with Craig. What's happening, Craig? Hey, JJ. Craig, I'm sorry about that. No, all good. We got you. JJ, that's me. That's being lazy. That's like being out of Vino throwing sloppy miles per hour. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. I get it. Let's get into Degrom in that seventh inning. He didn't come out for. And I, you know what? I, know what I thought about. When I, I, because when he went into the dugout, I was like, bring him out. All of our friends were texting, bring him out for the seventh. I thought about Luis Castillo in that game one of the Toronto series, 108 pitches, get you into the eighth. You, you could see it was taxed. They take him out at the right time. Let me ask you this. Oh, we're not, we're not talking about next year. We're living moment to moment, uh, and second to second. But but give me your th feelings on that seventh inning. I know we both wanted them to come in. It, where's Buck on that? Like, and just I, I'm just curious. Like, I, I just felt the momentum at that moment. And you're right. Now we will think about Diaz tomorrow. We'll think about taxing Ottavino tomorrow. Drew Smith calling it right now is going to be big tomorrow. Tell me about where is the Grom? Why isn't the Grom as the Goat. We all call him the goat. Why isn't he in that seventh inning? Where we're at with all the history, the injuries, where we've come. Why isn't he in that seventh inning? Um, because I think the manager was scared of the matchup with Grisham and was scared of the matchup with Soto. That's why. That's why. I'm I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying I agree with it, Craig, but that's why. Because to me, I don't think Buck wanted the Grom getting another shot at those guys. Even as economical as he was in the sixth inning, I don't agree with it. I remember, I want to see him start that inning. You also got to understand, though, that's a one-run game in the seventh inning. It's not a five-run game. It turned into a five-run game, but it was a one-run game in the seventh inning. Yep. Yeah, and I don't mind Buck. I have liked all year where Buck, like, I'm using trumpets when I know the meat of the lineup's off. He's done that a lot. Listen, we haven't seen it in the seventh. But he did it in the eighth plenty of times throughout the year. Yes. Get in the seventh tonight. And i that's why Buck's your manager. I'm not going to knock Buck. Well, we disagree on things. But it's moves like that where he's not afraid. He's like, fuck it. Uh, Soto's coming. I want him in the seventh. I, and my final point on tonight, I feel like Hefner, it, 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 you saw it about the fourth or fifth inning. I wanna, I'm curious about your opinion with Adebino, too. Adovino threw frisbees without the fastball 
And DeGrom was doing that too in the fourth or fifth. Do you think that was just an institutional call where Buck and Hefner were like, let's throw these guys sliders and let's see how we play out with it. I don't know if it was right, but it just struck me as weird. I don't know if you have thoughts on it. You know, I have a bigger issue in the ninth inning as opposed to the fifth inning, to be honest with you, Craig. Appreciate the call as always, man. Good stuff as always. Ninth inning, you got a five-run lead. You, you got to attack us. You cannot be walking in runs. You cannot be walking anybody. Let them hit the ball. That was frustrating to watch. So maybe that's the approach. Even though the Padres have struggled with velocity all year. I take some of that with a grain of salt because Soto has not been on the team all year and Soto is a guy who can hit any speed. I mean, the guy's an absolute monster of a hitter. And he didn't show up on Friday night. Of course, he had a big game, number two. Uh, Machado killed the Padres today. Killed the Padres today. Did not have a great day in the field. He came up in a couple of big spots. Did not hit. That at bat against DeGrom, to me, from a defensive standpoint, was the biggest sequence in the game. Because the Mets were reeling, and DeGrom was reeling. And Soto gets that ball down the line, you're saying, here we go. Here we go. This is going to be Scherzer all over again. It wasn't. That's why I got to give Jay credit. It was not Scherzer all over again. He delivered. It was not his best. It's not an A start. It's a win. Charlie and Elmhurst. Charlie, the floor is yours. Hello, sir. Hey, JJ. So a couple of things. I was watching this game. Uh, first, uh, uh, Jacob DeGrom, I got much respect for the guy. And top of the third inning and top of the fifth inning where they, the Padres tied the game. And even he blew the lead twice, but he then gave up the lead and be able to like, you know, sustain the damage and be able to take the lead and like give you like as a B minus performance in DeGrom. So uh, that's why I took notice. I'm giving him better than a B minus. In an elimination game, he won the game. He gave up two runs in six innings. I'll give him a B plus. No, it's not holding to the regular season standard, Charlie. Give him a B plus. That's a little unfair. That's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. Now, listen, I wanted him in the seventh inning, but it's a predicament because it's a one-run game in that spot. So, like, I wanted to see DeGrom start that inning. I can understand why he went to Diaz. The 45-minute inning, though, put a major monkey wrench into what happened in the eighth inning, and it could have ramifications for tomorrow night, though, and that's problematic. That could be a major problem. But who's to say, Charlie, if they don't go to Diaz there and they go out of Vino and Lugo for six outs, who knows? Maybe the Mets lose the game. They might have. They might have. One and one nugget. Uh, it's not the Mets. It's the opposing team, the Padres. Uh, Bob Melvin, uh, managed team. Uh, he hasn't won a clinch as a Bob Melvin managed team. Hasn't won a clinching game uh, since 2007 when they sw- when is what, what the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? And except except for that, exclude the Fugazi that 2020 season. I don't count 2020. I agree with you. Exclude 2020. Agree. I mean, uh, with the against the White Sox for the best of three. I'm not counting as a playoff series win. No, absolutely not. Yes. Uh, can I can I have a comment on the this couple of play other playoff games? Yeah, go ahead, real quick, real quick. Go ahead, Charlie. Out of the playoff series, I'm actually thrilled that the Mariners uh, advanced because I cannot stand those Toronto. I mean, JJ, you can't find any more overrated team and a fraudulent team than the Toronto Blue Jays. My God, like how 
punk and cocky attitude. They play each other, play with it, with a darling to a favorite to win the, uh, what is that? The ALEs lost by division, like seven, eight games. And they, I'll say, how do you blow a seven run game? I mean, that's embarrassing for the Blue Jays. Embarrassing. Their bullpen absolutely stunk. Um, they were an overrated team all year. They're a front running team. That team needs to learn how to win. Let's be honest. They need to learn how to win. They're a team that's flexing. They're putting the jacket on. They're hugging everybody when they're hitting home runs and they're dancing around and whatnot. That team needs to learn how to win. This will be a humbling experience for them. And yeah, I mean, everybody had the Blue Jays going deep into the postseason this year. They don't even make it to the American League Division Series this point of season. No question. Oh, absolutely. And I saw the line before I get out of here. I saw the line. Uh, what's your take on it? On uh, the Fandle uh, uh, series, us. Uh, I saw the Braves minus one ninety over the Phillies. Yeah, that's accurate. That makes sense. And over the Guardians, Yankees are minus two ten. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I mean, are you are you surprised? Actually not. Actually not. I was. I thought it was fair. But I'm surprised by the Braves. Odd. I thought it was gonna be like minus two twenty. Nah, I think they're valuing a division team, and the Phillies are hot, and the Phillies have been spunky. Um. I knew they'd give the Guardians no respect. Did they put a line on Astros Mariners? I saw it was I saw uh, Astros minus two twenty five. Wow, that's high. I'm going to say this, and this is not to say that the Yankees are going to have an easy time with the Guardians because there are some challenges, and we'll get into that series next week. We'll dive in a little bit on Sunday night. I think the Mariners are more live in this series than the Guardians. How about that for a take? Uh, I think so. I think so because um, the Mariners are a better team. Like if you're asking me right now, who's a better team? Who would I be more afraid of playing in a five game series? It's Seattle. Now Houston is better than the Yankees, so you also got to weigh that and take that into account, Charlie. But those series prices, good call. They're pretty accurate. They're pretty much what I thought they would be. Yankees, I thought maybe it'd be like one eighty five, one ninety, or a little higher than that. Yankee tax. Seattle, you definitely get in value. I don't think Seattle's going to win, but I think they're going to have a moment or two in that series. And the Braves are really good. I mean, we saw that in the Mets series. They are really, really good. All right, let's take one more, and then we'll get to our keys for game three. Scotty, what's up, Scotty? JJ, uh, I'll talk to you about the football tomorrow afternoon, but I'm talking about the Yankees real quick now. They got to play the Cleveland, what would I hope, the Cleveland baseball team now. I, I don't think this is going to be... I, I think the Yankees are going to win this series. I mean, I'm, I think the Guardians are going to put up a fight, though. I mean, I, I mean, they got Francona. Well, listen, they can pitch. That's what you know about Cleveland. Bieber can pitch. McKenzie can pitch. Quantrill can pitch. A Class A in the eighth and the ninth inning scares you. They got arms. But the one thing with that team, Scott, you can't let Ramirez beat you. Outside of Ramirez, they got nobody who can hit. So... That's a game Garrett Cole better go and shove. I mean, he better go and shove against that team. But uh, I listen, I'll take Cleveland over I'll take Cleveland over Tampa any day of the week. And Neil Keefe said on Twitter, if Garrett Cole can't put up like a, a goose egg against the against the Guardians, that that's really gonna tell you about the Yankees in the playoffs that Garrett Cole should uh, he should go seven innings, like one like five hit ball and ten strikeouts. So he should dominate this lineup. I would agree. But, Scotty, listen, it's go time for him. And he is the Yankee to me more than any other Yankee that is under the microscope the most, that is facing the most pressure. Bottom line, he's got to get it done. This is from uh, Buck Showalter. It crossed his mind to remove Diaz after the Mets put up five and a seventh. 
He said, with Machado eating off the eighth, we'll think about tomorrow. Tomorrow, we need to get this one under our belt. And this Italian quote about his bullpen. I think it was pretty obvious by what went on in the ninth inning why we did it that way. Talking about Adovino against Soto and Machado. What does that tell you? Buck doesn't trust him. Against those guys, he doesn't trust them. I know they had a win tonight. There could be ramifications tomorrow. Biggest key for the Mets, it's pretty damn simple. Score runs. Have the same offensive approach you had against Blake Snell tonight. That means hit the ball out of the ballpark, Nimmo getting you going at the top of the order, McNeil doing his thing, grinding out at bats. The Mets need that, and they need a big start out of Bassett. As far as piecing this bullpen together, it is, it's a million-dollar question. I want to see Lugo. It'd be his third day in a row. I don't know why he pitched on Friday. That made absolutely no sense. But I want to see Lugo. I think Walker has a role coming out of the bullpen. I don't want to see May. I don't want to see Drew Smith. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. But I have a feeling somebody in that Met bullpen is going to have to step up tomorrow if the Mets are going to go and win this game. Outside of Edwin Diaz. We know Diaz is closing it out. We know he's going to pitch. Who is going to be the guy to step up and get the ball from Bassett to Diaz? That is the question you got to think about as you get ready on this Sunday morning. Fun show. Content go war tomorrow. I'm going to tell Spotify Live, folks, we got to push up our football chat at 1030 because I'm going to be a man possessed. I'm going to be at MetLife Stadium getting ready to do television at the game. The whole deal. Actually, the giant game's going on. We're going to have to do it later. Take that back. We're going to have to do it later. There's going to be 10 zillion things going on tomorrow. All I know is this. Game three, Mets, Jets, Dolphins, Giants, Packers. We'll have something going on tomorrow night. Great work by Stefan. Great work by all of you. Enjoy. JJ out. We'll see if this Mets season is going to extend to the division series tomorrow night. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.